Hey everyone, my name is Charlie Ifra and welcome to my podcast. Today I'm going to tell you a story that happened on Twitter about a week and a half ago. And it's a story about two Twitter users that made a bet. Um, one of the users is a very well-known character by the name of Balaji Srinivasan. Now Balaji placed a bet that the price of Bitcoin is going to hit $1 million US per Bitcoin. And he went on to say that this is going to happen in the next 90 days. So to give you a little bit of background of who Balaji is, um, Balaji is very, very well known for his predictions. He actually made almost 100% accurate predictions when it comes to came to the pandemic. Um, he made these predictions years before the pandemic happened. He made predictions about how uh, the governments would react to the pandemic. He made uh, predictions around um, the economic outcomes of the pandemic. Uh, and he's uh, also a very well-known entrepreneur. Balaji uh, was the CTO of Coinbase, which is one of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world. Um, Balaji was also a partner at Andreessen Horowitz, which is a VC firm, a very well-known VC firm in Silicon Valley. Balaji also uh, sold at least two of his companies with uh, nine-digit exits. So he's a very successful entrepreneur. He's also a mathematician. He's a philosopher. Um, he's very, very big in the podcast circuit. Uh, he recently did a seven-hour conversation with Lex Friedman. He's done uh, several interviews with Tim Ferriss, and I highly recommend um, going ahead and doing some research on him and listening to some of his content. He authored a book called The Network State. Um, it's a short book. It's available for free. Uh, it's a really interesting concept about the future of how communities and um, um, organizations or humans can organize. Um, and, um, and it's based on uh, self-sovereignty and just in the post-internet age and how um, states can be formed uh, by not necessarily being geographic, but really being um, digital. Very, very interesting concepts, and I highly recommend everyone uh, finding some time and researching it. Um, he thinks very much in the future, and I think uh, with this thinking, he makes a lot of predictions. And I, I personally believe that a lot of what his predictions, um, what he's predicting, are going to actually happen. Now, before I continue, I just want to say that um, while I do believe that um, the price of Bitcoin will go potentially up to a million dollars, I don't think it's going to happen within the next 90 days. And I also very, very want to clearly state that this is not financial advice. Um, my beliefs don't mean that it's going to happen. Um, but I'm telling you uh, what he's, uh, Balaji's prediction I'm also telling you why uh, he made this prediction, and I'd like you to think about it, analyze it for yourself, and think about what it might mean uh, in the context of your finances. So let's get into the story or why Balaji believes that uh, the price of Bitcoin is going to go to $1 million. So this really, um, the conversation and then eventually the bet happened because of the Silicon Valley bank collapse that happened a few weeks ago. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about why Silicon Valley bank collapsed. 
And um, we'll also talk about um, other banks and um, how all these banks um, encountering similar issues to SVB um, is going to potentially make the price of Bitcoin uh, $1 million. And so during the pandemic, there was a lot of pain people were feeling. Um, people were out of jobs. Companies uh, were in a lot of trouble and needed a lot of help and support and bailouts. And so the Fed and the politicians pumped trillions of dollars into the economy. Um, corporations like the airlines and other industries needed to stay afloat. And the government just pumped as much money as they can into them in order to make sure that they can keep making payroll. Uh, we also saw individuals who were out of work getting those $1,200 checks. And another thing the Fed did uh, to you know, take away as much pain as possible is they dropped interest rates to uh, 0%. Now, with all this money being uh, injected into the economy um, and all this money going to corporations and individuals, um, the money had to be placed somewhere. So people got their checks and the natural thing to do is to put them in the bank. And so the bank all of a sudden got this huge injection of cash from depositors. And then in turn, what the banks have to do is take that deposit, the depositors money and invest it. And that's what banks do with depositors money. Now, the problem is, is that, and this is where SVP uh, ran into Silicon Valley Bank, ran into their, their problems is, is that usually when banks invest depositors money, what they'll do is, is they invest it in both short and long-term investments. And um, the problem is, is that the short-term investments uh, weren't really available to the banks because the interest rate was at 0%. So the only place that they could have conservatively invested the money is in long-term investments. And in this case, it was 10-year bonds at 1.5%. Now, it's a conservative and safe investment. The problem happens when, um, when there is a bank run. So let me just explain um, what happens when there is a bank run. So if a user, let's say an individual, um, for example, if I buy a stock at $100 and the stock price drops to $80 and I go to the bank and I want to borrow money against my holdings, my stock holdings, so I can go to the bank and ask them to borrow money. They're only going to lend me against the value of my stock portfolio today, not my stock portfolio when I purchased it. So my $100 is no longer $100. It's $80. So I can only borrow against the $80. Now, with banks, the regulators treat them a little bit different. The regulators, they allow the banks when they do their filings to um, describe their assets and the value of their assets at what they call the hold to maturity value, which is a little bit of a tricky thing. Um, they're kind of um, gaming the system because yes, the investment will be worth, um, you know, that initial investment plus 1.5% in 10 years from now, but because interest rates dropped to 0%, what happened was, is they devalued the, the investment that those banks made. 
So those long-term bonds were worth less than the investment that they made at the time that the depositors wanted to take their money out. And so um, there was a, a little footnote in one of the SEC filings of Silicon Valley Bank and this person who found that footnote noticed that there was $80 billion invested in long-term bonds that were devalued. Um, and when they published that information, there was a bank run that happened at Silicon Valley Bank and the depositors rushed to take their money out. $42 billion were withdrawn. There wasn't enough to satisfy the rest of the depositors and the bank collapsed. Now, this happened right before a weekend. So people started panicking. The bankers were panicking. The public was panicking. The, the Fed was panicking um, because what they were fearing was that many other banks, especially the smaller and regional banks, are in the same situation as SVB. Um, and the situation, just to recap, is that they don't have enough liquid to be able to satisfy the depositors. As a matter of fact, their assets are not valued as much as the deposit initially deposited. And so over the weekend, the Fed and the bankers, uh, the regulators, the politicians, they all got together. And what they landed on is that the U.S. government uh, committed to protecting all the depositors in full. And the reason they did this is because they didn't want a bank run to happen on all the other banks on Monday morning. Now, this is very different than what the regular FDIC insures on uh, individual uh, bank accounts. So just to give you a little background, in the U.S., when someone has a bank account, that bank account is insured for up to $250,000. Um, so what a lot of people do, if you have $500,000, one of the ways to protect yourself is to open two bank accounts and put $250,000 in each account. Now, as your um, deposits um, and account value get higher and higher, uh, it becomes much harder to open more and more accounts. Um, so what people will do is they even diversify across banks. So if a smaller bank um, goes under, then they have uh, a, you know, a nice percentage of their portfolio or their cash sitting with one of the larger banks. And so basically what the regulators have decided to do is even though there is a um, hard limit of insuring up to $250,000, they just said in order to prevent a bank run from happening, they're going to protect any amount that was sitting in the bank. Um, and that's really important for Silicon Valley Bank because many startups, uh, tech companies, um, have their money there. And some of these companies have millions and millions of dollars sitting there. And those companies are kind of the backbone of the U.S. economy when it comes to tech. And having those companies lose all their money would put them all out of business. And that would um, greatly affect the U.S. tech industry. Um, but because they did it for Silicon Valley Bank, um, the government also said that any other bank that's in the same situation, uh, the depositors will be protected uh, should there be a bank run. 
Interestingly enough, a report came out uh, from the Kansas Fed, if I'm not mistaken, the Kansas Fed office um, released a report and Balaji actually tweeted it. Um, and this report published that there were 333 community banks in the United States that are in the exact same position as Silicon Valley Bank. And so this protection will um, avoid um, a bank run on all of these banks, um, giving the banks an opportunity to figure out how they can uh, adjust and you know recover. So just to recap, let's talk about why Balaji, now that you have this background, let me recap why Balaji made this bet and what his thinking is behind it. So number one, the banks have been insolvent and the Fed, the FDIC and the banks themselves. So the Fed is the central bank, the FDIC are the regulators and the banks themselves, both the large and the small banks have known this for over a year. So they've been insolvent, they've known about it for over a year. They unfortunately didn't make it public. They didn't talk about it. The people that are in the know were in the know, but it's very few the, uh, in the public that know about this. Um, number two, they knew this uh, very clearly because the Fed hiked rates. Um, and after telling the banks that they won't hike rates, they the banks went in and bought those long-term bonds and then very soon after, uh, in 2022, they, uh, they hiked rates and they devalued all the bonds that they sold to the bank in the previous year. And number three, when the government steps in to protect depositors, the way they do it is they need to print trillions of dollars. And that's the only way that they're going to protect depositors is by printing more money. Um, now, while they believe it's necessary to do so to save the economy, the fact of the matter is, is that when you print trillions of dollars, it creates enorm enormous inflationary pressure. Um, and Balaji believes that when enough people understand this and when enough people understand that the banking system is um, on the brink of collapse, when the public understands that printing trillions and trillions of dollars like we saw during the pandemic and like what we see they're doing today, um, people um, are going to want to move their money into assets that have no counterparty risk. So when uh, I say a counterparty risk, what it really means is, is that there is another party that you're relying on to handle your money, i.e. a bank. Um, Bitcoin not to get into the technology of it, but there is no counterparty risk with Bitcoin. There are market risks, which is why the Bitcoin price fluctuates, but there is no counterparty risk. So that's the story. Um, I, uh, like I said, this isn't financial advice. It's just a story and it's something to think about. So um, let me know what your thoughts are. Uh, please like and subscribe. And I hope to see you next time. Bye for now.